I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Cortez Out Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is future jiu-jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. Uh, admittedly, not a whole lot to talk about this week. You know, UC San, San Antonio went down over the weekend. We got Bellator 293. A bit of a low-key kind of card happening this weekend. Uh, we do got some news to go over, including uh, PFL 1 coming back, game bread boxing, some fight news. Before we get into all that, as always, we are brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. RogueEnergy.com, code SOUNDOFF for 10% off at checkout. Fantastic sponsor of the show for a long time. Keep me fueled up, keep me energized going throughout my day. Uh, on the opposite end, Elixir, they are the leading distributor of Delta 8, 9, and 10 products, as well as HHD. You can go ahead and get gummies, joints, gels, dislets, whatever you want. They got it, and you can get it for 10% off. With code sound off at checkout. You personally tested both of those products being very high quality and, uh, you will enjoy them with code sound off for 10% off. Angel, uh, look man, coming off of UC San Antonio, which happened last Saturday night in the main event, Corey Sandhagen defeating Marlon Vera by split decision. Um, they had fucking Stevie Wonder out there judging the fight. It was a really great opportunity for him. Um, Jokes aside, I mean, what a performance by Corey Sandhagen. Um, don't know one judge was watching. Just complete domination. What were your thoughts on this win by him, man? I think most people were surprised at how uh, easy he made it look, so to speak. I mean, look, in, in hindsight, right, we've said Cheeto's, you know, I, maybe I had made excuses for him in the past. Maybe I was like, he's not a slow star. He just had an odd pace or he he um, makes, he draws out the fight. You know, he, he's always trying to. He's not going to necessarily try to engage for the finish. Uh, he'll let the finish come to him. You know, he'll find it over time. He's not going to hunt it down. I'd say instantly. But in the fight, man, it just—he said it. He's just like, I just couldn't get it going. And I don't think that's a uh, him. Him fighting the way he does really uh, backfired against Corey Sandhagen as far as the matchup because I think you—it's you, not a. It does sound weird. I don't know if this is probably the proper way to wear it. I might get arrested for this. I don't even. It's not so much Cheeto. I think it was more Corey Sanhagen that caused all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he caused all the disruption. You know. Yeah. You know, he was a. You know, he. That's why Cheeto couldn't get it going because I mean, Corey had his rhythm was quick. He was fast. He had trouble with the speed. He. 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 Uh, he, he came forward. He brought it to Cheeto. He didn't really get, let Cheeto think and try to analyze and figure things out. And. uh and he made it his fight, and he early on did those rounds that went away. And then you saw near the end of Marlon kind of tried to bring it up, but it's like, yes, this would have been awesome, but four rounds ago, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think there's not too much to say about Cheeto except out of the fact that we there was more, you know? And you could see in him that he could have done, he he had more in him, you know? Mm-hmm. He, you could, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't dying for air. He didn't, didn't look, he didn't look super damaged or anything. So there was more, there was more to give. I, I think there, uh, I think the main topic of this fight is really Corey Sandhagen and kind of like, we were talking about how he was kind of put in a position where maybe he'd be locked out of a title shot if he lost this fight and he'd probably be, maybe in that situation still even if he won the fight. But fuck man, I mean, he, he submitted himself in a pretty good position here. He's kind of just waiting because, uh, obviously, 
I'm assuming Rob's going to try to hold out to see what happens with Aljamain. Obviously, he doesn't want his friend to lose, but if he does, good. I mean, kind of benefits him, right? Because he he'd be right there for taking the title since Aljamain said he's going to move to 45. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I don't know, Josh. I'm kind of let you take the floor here because I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. No, but. you're good. I mean. Yeah, man, it was definitely an interesting fight, and I thought the response to the fight was just uh, was pretty interesting, too. I thought a lot of people kind of, like, people were like, oh, man, you know, Marlon, he looks a bit cheetah, he, he looks kind of slow out there, he doesn't look like himself. I don't really don't think it's that. I think it's more that Corey Sandhagen's that fucking good. I think Corey Sandhagen's had a couple of fights now where it's like, you know, he had the Song Yudong fight, it was a doctor's stoppage, it was caused by a cut, it was close before that. He lost to Jan. He lost to Dillashaw. I feel like some people forgot how good this motherfucker is, man. Uh, that's, that's essentially what it comes down to for me. And I think this is probably just a bad style matchup for Marlon Vera. He's a guy that's very, you know, he, he downloads information. He takes time. Kind of similar to, uh, to Piotr Jan, who is a former opponent of, of Corey, obviously. Uh, the difference is, is that Marlon Vera is a lot easier to take down than Piotr Jan is. Um, because that's pretty much where Corey Sandhagen won this fight. Not only did he take him down, but he was actually doing stuff on the ground. He was he was moving positions. He was specifically landing just a lot of ground and pound. I mean, he racked up some crazy numbers. I think in the was the first round, like it was something like ninety strikes to six or something crazy. He got a big takedown earlier and just pressed him in the fence. Man, this was just a domination for Corey Sandhagen. Very very impressive uh, win. And you mentioned that potentially he's kind of waiting now. Um, He's kind of mentioned a couple of fights, what, what Corey wants next. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on it because during fight week, he said Sean O'Malley. And I think a lot of people thought Sean versus Corey would be an awesome fight, but Sean's pretty much in the, in the just waiting for a title fight position because he was supposed to get the title shot after beating Piotr Jan. The UC went in a different direction, but from what Sean is saying, it seems like he's already got the title shot wrapped up. So now he's kind of Corey Sandane's pivoting Marab Dwalashvili. Personally, do you think that's the fight that makes the most sense for both those guys at this point in time? Would you rather see Corey versus Sean or someone else? I mean, look, I, th- I think the more entertaining fight for my personal liking would be Sean, Corey. But, Josh, you know me. I'm always DTF, down to fight, so I'm down with either fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're always DTF, man. You're always down to fight. Um, uh, personally, I mean... I think, I, I mean, I'll come off as like a Sean O'Malley fanboy here, but I thought he just deserved the title shot anyway. You know, I think, like, if you tell a guy it's a number one contender fight, you should probably just enforce that. Um, but, you know, so that's partially why I want to see the Marab fight next. I also just think that's a very, very interesting stylistic fight, especially, like, yeah, for five rounds. That, that sounds fucking sick to me. So I'd be down for that fight. O- overall, man. Um, just a hell of a performance at Corey Sandhagen. Uh, you know, Cheetah will be back. I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I think he's kind of a, you know, as much as, as big of a fan of I am of, of uh, Marlon Vera, I, I don't know how you felt about this. I never really envisioned him as like a champion. I never thought that was ever going to be the case. What do you think? I think, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because of the, I've, you know, I've kind of, uh, grown to like him more over the past year because I've heard him talk and articulate mm-hmm. and, and talk and he's a very intelligent guy when it comes to game and game planning and learning and, and being really in love with the I guess the the game and being in the lab. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say just the issue is is actually 
doing certain things in the fight because that slow stuff just it really kicked him in the ass this time. Like he's definitely gonna have to go back and be like, damn, it really sucks, you know. And and we saw it. And even it, it was so bad that his corner his corner even asked him his coach asked him, but he's like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. It, but it wasn't even like, uh, hey, what's going on? You know, let's let's kind of get it rolling. You know, you got you know we gotta shake the cobwebs out kind of thing. It was kind of like, dude, do you want to be here? Type, are you okay? Because it's it kind of seems like it's that off, and that was a very big issue. Uh, I mean, and look for me initially, I thought, look, it's kind of a typical Luchito fight. I think he'll pick it up here in a minute. He gave up the round. It is what it is. Uh, but it ended up just ended up being just a good, crazy Corey Sanhagen performance. But regardless, man, we'll see Cheeto again. He he's a good fighter. He will hold his spot in his division. Um, and and like I said, it, it was nice to see Corey kind of rally back and. I mean, we'll see him. I'd, I'd say hopefully soon. I probably, I think it'll probably be a while, but you can only hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's about enough <clears throat> time spent on the main event, but overall, hell performance, of course, standing. Excited to see him back and uh, making some big moves in the bantamweight division. Speaking of bantamweight, the women's bantamweight, Holly, the preacher's daughter, home. Man, this may be a hot take, uh, and I, I said it on Twitter, like I felt like. Ever since she lost the title, maybe not ever since she lost the title, but at the very least since she fought for the title last in July 2019, I feel like she's consistently been by far the best women's 135-pounder not named Amanda Nunes. Am I crazy to think that? I mean, no. I mean, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Because you got to just kind of – you got to look at her uh, her last few fights, man. Um, I mean, she lost to Nunes back in UFC 239 July 2019. After that – Two wins in a row against Aldana and Pennington. She lost a split decision to Caitlin Vieira, which was a horrific, horrific decision. And then she returns here against Yana Santos, and she goes and dominates. 30-26, 30-27, Angel, give me your thoughts on her ultimately picking up the win and ultimately her uh, her future, 135 pounds. She just signed a six-fight deal. She said she, said she wants a title shot. I mean, that was, that was crazy to me. I did not expect that. I mean, she's hungry for it. I mean, you got to respect her, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she she sees something at the end of the tunnel, right? But um, as far as the fight itself, the, I mean, Josh, this is literally what I expected. I did not expect mm-hmm. anything else. I expected Holly to to do this. Obviously, it was very dominant. I don't know how dominant it would be, but it was. I mean, it was it was kind of what you would expect, right? A fighter that's been gone, um, let alone pregnant, you know, hasn't you know hasn't fought in a little bit to this gal who's been active, been doing her thing, is older. You know, had a close fight that people are, you know, back and forth on, arguing, talking about age and shit. But look, man, I mean, Holly Holm is a talented fighter, and she's, uh, I think, learning a lot still even now in her later years and mm-hmm. showing a lot and still performing great. So this is nothing short of what I expected. This is what I expected out of a high, the highest level in this division in this women's weight class. So, I mean, it was another masterclass performance by Holly Holmes. So it's, it, this is exactly what I expected. I didn't expect anything else outside of a victory and this faction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about what I expected as well. I mean, she going out there and just dominating Giannis Santos. Sucks for her. Obviously, first five back since <clears throat> getting married to Giannis Santos and um, having a child, obviously. So very unfortunate for her. But, yeah, man, Holly Holmes, six by deal, just signed it, comes in and gets a huge win like this. Do you think she'll fight for gold next? Obviously, at uh, 135, there is no certainty right now. Um, I know that they were talking about doing Irene Aldana versus uh, Raquel Pennington. That did not end up happening. They're talking about Aldana versus Pe- 
Uh, no, excuse me. Aldana versus Nunez. That did not end up happening. Nunez has a fought in almost a year, man, and he's got the schedule. So, uh, I mean, do you think home versus Nunez, too, makes sense? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, man, with this division. <laughs> it's There's in a bad a, place, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I think Irene Kaitlyn would have been probably the fight to make, right? Yeah. But, but I guess not. I don't. I, I wonder. What he, I wonder what the issues are. I wonder if it's money, timing, injuries. Like I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I completely agree. I have no idea what it. Uh, what it is, but are, are they going to finally shut down the division, and we just we don't know it? No, that's not gonna. It's it's one thirty-five now. One forty-five. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to be shutting one down. One forty-five, cutting the whole four fighters they have in the division. Um. Damn, you're right. I fucking forget that. Yeah. You're not even well, the right. only, I mean, let's be honest. The only fighters, I mean, let, let's, we can, can you, do you want to try and name off the top of your head the entire women's 145 pound division? I think I can do it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Daniel Wolf. Okay, so let's, okay, gonna... so let's, let's run it down. We got Danielle Wolf, Zara Farron, <laughs> Nunez, obviously. Yes. By the way, the UC cares so little about the women's featherweight division that I pulled up their website right now to try and see if I could find it. Like, they, they just have the women's fanweight division listed twice. <laughs> their website is chalk. They don't give a fuck about women's 145. Maybe they're getting rid of it. Maybe that's what they're planning, and maybe Nunes is upset, dude, and she's holding out. Well, maybe. I mean, so, okay, let's, let's just run it down. Okay, so women's 145, it exists, allegedly. We got D- Danielle Wolf, Zara Farn. I think isn't isn't Josie Nunez? No. Who am I thinking of? That's like really short and just a month. Yeah, Josie Nunez. Really? Yeah, Josie Nunez. She's she's a fucking beast. She's the one that went out there and was like four and eleven, but went out like four eleven, like height wise, went out there and beat Zara Farron. He's like a foot taller. I didn't remember know that fight. She fought in that division. What the fuck? Okay, so let's 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 name them off real quick. I actually pulled up every single person they have listed, and I'll you know, Macy Chason for some reason is listed at women's one forty five. Norma Dumont is listed 145. Leah Letson. Oh, man, how can I forget Norma Dumont to go to that division right now? <laughs> Zara Farron, Stephanie Egger, Amanda Nunes, Josie Nunes, Eileen Perez, Danielle Wolf, and that's all the active fighters that are signed to the UFC at Women's 145. Jesus Christ. There's 15 of them listed, but they even list people like Chris Cyborg and Megan Anderson, but they're not with the company anymore. So That's so sad. Yeah, if you list it by active, there's nine. So isn't that just crazy? Not even a, <laughs> there are nine fighters at women's one forty five pound division, and we can only name like three of them. I mean, they really, I mean, they really wanted to. They could fill it out, but they don't. No, want no, no. Because like Invicta, they can go out. They could literally just, you know, that's what they did whenever they started women's one fifteen. I believe they just went out and bought out every single like major fighter from Invicta at that weight class. So, um, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Uh, but yeah, women's 145 right now, not really existing. But at 135, I think Holly Holm, I mean, I guess Raquel Pennington deserves the shot, but I mean, the only, I, I mean, it just, I don't think I mean, that'd be Dude, she, she, she's got the mom buff now. She has, you know what? That's a good point. I didn't think about that. She's got the mom buff. She's got the mom buff. And Raquel Pennington has won like five fights in a row, so. Maybe. I don't know. It's either going to be Raquel. Maybe, or... maybe, maybe she's turning a new lead. I don't know. I mean, anything's possible, right? I mean, she's she's trucked to run silently, dude. I mean, we saw that. I mean, she's she's done her thing in the shadows. 
Yeah, fair enough. Um, or, do you, or, do you we'll, or do you think we'll get Ollie home versus Juliana Pena? I think the fights that make sense right now, even if I don't, I I, I don't care about this fight, but Raquel Pennington yeah, versus Amanda Nunes too. You didn't even think about that, did you? No, no, I didn't. But here's here's how here's how it should go down. Irene Aldana should fight. That's I don't even have the rankings pulled up. Let me let me say the other two first, I guess. Um, fucking Juliana Pena should fight Holly Holm. Number one contender fight. Nunez should fight Raquel Pennington because that fight won't be competitive, but she's won like five fights in a row. I mean, you got to give her a title shot at a certain point. Um, and then Irene Aldana should fight uh, Peony Kinzad. That may not seem Wait, like. What the f- is Peony like on a win streak? What the fuck? She's ranked number seven, and uh, Aldana is ranked number four, I believe. And they have not fought. Okay. Okay. They're actually it's, it's five versus seven, so that makes sense. Fuck it. At least as long as there's movement, right? Just yeah. I mean, yeah. That's how I feel about it. But anyways, man, I think we spent enough time on the, the women's uh, 145 and 135 pound divisions. As far as the rest of the card goes, man, what do you think about it? Obviously, we had Nate the Train picking up the win. I love that Nate Landwehr has been in the UFC for like three or four years now, and yet every time every time he gets on the mic, he's like, Nate the Train in the UFC, baby! Woo! Like, just every time. Just, just, like, we that know, is... Nate, it's, you're on fight eight now. It's like, it's just... I mean, what do you think about him picking up the win? I mean, good for him. I mean, he, he got a little bit of hype from his last fight, he got a little bit of interest going, and he's kind of kept it going. I mean, and, and that's good. I mean, he, he was supposed to fight Alex Osiris, which would have been a ranked opponent, but, uh, uh, I mean, they're really trying to push him, kind of see where to see what his limits are. I think that I think they should try to still get that. And um, I really thought Asterius deserved someone up in the rankings, but hey, man, if that's what they want to do, I mean, let it be. But I guess it'd be a fun opportunity for Nate Landwehr, and I think as far as a fight, entertainment wise, I think it'd be a fun fight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, Nate Landwehr, I saw him talking about how um, he's a guy that, as he's looking for stars, he's got the he's got the fun fighting style, he's got the talk, he thinks he could be a star. Do you think, you think Nate Landwehr is the next UFC star, Angel? He's going to be mean, right up there with Conor McGregor. I mean, I don't know, man, but he could definitely be a very entertaining guy who can turn at least some people's heads or bring some interest if, if he continues to fight the way he does and can be entertaining in the octagon and outside the octagon in some way. Yeah. Who knows, right? Like, I'm not going to say he can't be. You should never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. That's how I feel about it. I do think he's going to become, like, a... I don't know how, how to phrase this. I think he's going to become, like, maybe the next Diego Sanchez-type guy. Really? Which is, like, everybody knows him. He's not champ. He's not even ranked. But, like, what everybody is, what watches him. What do you mean, like, maybe Sean Strickland type, you know? No, because Sean Strickland doesn't put on fun fights. I'm saying, like, a Diego Sanchez type <laughs> Nate Landwehr puts on fun fights, and it's just a crazy guy. Kind of reminds oh. but he's not, like, into, like, crystals and shit. You know, some, you, someone compared him to Darren Elkins. It's a really good comparison. Except Darren Elkins <laughs> does not talk nearly as much, so I get it. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, man, yeah, I like Nate Landwehr a lot, so... We will, uh, we will see. But anyways, man, uh, rest of the card, 
I mean, we got to go ahead and talk about a couple things. Two split decisions, Albert Duderev defeating Chidi Njigawani. That one wasn't as controversial as Macy Barber defeating Andrea Lee. Man, Macy Barber has, like, a horseshoe up her ass, because she's got unlucky on the end of some of these split decision wins, man. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? Like, I, I you got she, She's doing something. I'll put a, Yeah, she's definitely lucky. She's gotten, like, three of them that you, that you can, you're kind of like, come on, guys. You know, like. Macy this? Barber, dude, she got a fucking. At least I could argue this one being close. But. Dude, if she's not if she's not going out there and doing like fucking what is it called Powerball? Like I don't know what she's like. Because <laughs> let's think about it, dude. Okay, so she had this fight where she won a split decision, including a thirty twenty seven in her favor, which was just horrendous. Yeah, that's pretty. Bad. And then she also had Macy Barber. You had Macy Barber versus Mariner Maverick, where she also got the nod in one in in my it's a top like three worst decision ever. Like, I don't see how you can watch that fight and make him think Macy Barber won it. But she did. So, yeah, if you look up MMA decisions on that one. Uh, was there another one in there, too, that she got, like? Okay, like, let me see. Uh, was it? Well, there's no one that she's had that have been uh, a split decision outside of those two. But, but, no, but you know, she got the, but, but there's one where she, I don't think she got a split, but she still got the nod. And, and maybe, the yeah, I don't. I mean, just according to MMA decisions. None outside of those two. But even that two, whenever you're this early in your career, is pretty odd. It's like how it's like how King Kenny and, like, Misfits got, like, three random decisions in a row, you know? Was it the Jessica I won? I feel like Jessica, there was other... That fight was close, but I remember thinking Macy Barber clearly won it. There was another one in there, though. I don't know if it was Jessica I or Matana Delarosa, though. But there was one of those two, I think, there's another one that people were kind of arguing for, too. So that's what I'm saying. She, she's had a little bit of... But look, as she goes up the division, though, it's only going to get harder, and those split decisions are not going to always come your way. That's true. That is true. So, I mean, what is she um, actually? I have the UFC rankings right now. Yeah. What, is she, what is she rank? She's number three right now. So yeah, look at this: Amanda Hebos, Jennifer Maya, Lauren Murphy, Kaylin Shukagan, Jessica Andrade, Angel Lafferty, Tali Santos, Mandy Pro, Chipchenko, Gross. I mean, yeah, that, those are all. Those are all hard, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, not. I mean, I'm not saying the people below her weren't aren't hard competition, but I could see her potentially winning those fights. You know. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, she's good. I don't don't take this the wrong way. Like, I think Macy Barber's really good. Like, mm-hmm. that's not at all what I'm saying. I just think like it's kind of it's kind of funny. It just she keeps on having like. It it is kind of crazy. I will say this: I do feel like she still needs to like polish up some stuff a bit, and you know, obviously make these fights decisive. Because, like I'm saying, dude, these, this split decision shit is, is not going to last forever. And we've seen people on the opposite end of it, like Angela Hill, who have been on the shit in the stick, you know, where they don't get the nod. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a time where she's on that other end and she's like, damn, this is how it feels. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. She, she's she's interesting, and I think that is a prospect. She's interesting, but... um. Yeah, definitely getting on some people's nerves uh, ever since she got in the UFC. And these Rob, robbing some people of money now. Yeah, crazy. not helping, not helping. But you know, I want to talk about a quick, a cool moment on the card because uh, I love this. Like, there, like people have their things that they like love to see in MMA. Like, obviously, if you have like a favorite fighter like John Jones coming back, John Jones winning the title was like that made some people's year, right? This is not the same case for me, but I fucking love watching there's, somebody. There's someone like, out there who lost yeah. their home, and John Jones came back, and that made their life much better. There you go. Like some people, that's just how sports are for some people. Personally, in MMA, 
one of the things that I love is watching somebody just do things that, like, I don't think that they ever expected even themselves to do. So Daniel Pineda, if you guys don't know Daniel Pineda, Daniel Pineda is 37 years old. He's been fighting since 2007. Um, he, like, um, n- never really big guy. Like, his mo- like he fought in the UFC, but he fought, like, three or four fights, and he lost, like, all of them, you know? Like, he had a Bellas War run. Didn't do much, and he got knocked out, or not knocked out, lost to Emmanuel Sanchez on Bell Tour 149. Shout out Ken Shamrock, Hoist for AC3. Uh, yeah. Shout out Kimbo Slice, Dada 5000, the most hilarious card of all time. Banger of a uh, fight. <laughs> huh? Banger of a fight. Which, well, both of them. Both of them were bangers, because in the co-main, you had Kimbo and yeah. Dada just existing for 15 minutes, and then you had Ken Shamrock... I you know, this is sorry to go off on a tangent, but there's not really much to talk about this week. But Ken Shamrock that trilogy fight. Do you remember what happened in that trilogy fight, Angel? Do you remember how it went down? No, I don't. So Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie. Imagine. So obviously it was a freak show fight to everybody else, but it's 2016. They're fighting in Bellator. Ken Shamrock has been waiting like 30 years to get back at Hoist. Like he lost the first fight, the second fight there were no judges because it was like 1993. But if he would have won, he would have been given the judges nod. So now. Fast forward to 2016. They're fighting in Bellator. It's motherfucking been waiting like 30 years. Two minutes into the fight, he gets hit in the dick. It's just, and he goes down, and the referee and Hoist hops on with a couple of half-hearted, you know, strikes because you know he's like 48 years old, um, <laughs> and uh, and he ends up getting the TKO win. And Ken's just like, dude, he hit me in the dick. He hit me like just losing his mind. And the fight never got overturned either. Like, like that was Ken what? That was Kim Shamrock's last fight. Yeah. Imagine waiting like 30 years to get revenge on somebody and just a fucking knee to the bills just like, puts you I'm, down, man. I'm going to fucking fuck this guy. I already know Kim Shamrock. Just a mat. Like, that is so, you know. It's just, I, I, mean, I already know Kim Shamrock is looking saucy. Dude, Kim Shamrock, he's on. He's peeled out of his fucking tree, okay? <laughs> Even now, so. Anyways, but, um, and yeah. Meanwhile, fucking... Hoist looking like a guy who works at the YMCA. Hoist, dude, Hoist looks like he works at UPS. That's that's what Hoist looked like for that fight, dude. Like Hoist was on steroids at one point, you know. Like whenever he fought uh, Kazushi Sakuraba the second time, he tested positive. But then whenever he fought Ken, dude, they looked completely different people. Like it honestly looked like a daddy or not fucking video. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, that's that's my that's you know. That fight, and by the way, like, if you guys didn't see that fight, I know, like, a lot, I mean, there's a lot of new MMA fans that probably didn't even, don't even know who Hoist or Ken are, like, that freak show fight with Kimbo and Dada and Hoist and Ken, that did, like, three million viewers. Like, that was, like, one of the most watched MMA cards that year. That's so one of that's, the most watched Bellator cards ever, right? It still might be number one. So, yeah. yeah we, had to, we had to look that up afterwards. Yeah, but anyway, so back to my original point, which I got way off track, but... Daniel Pineda, guy been around since, like, 2007. He's fought an Elite XC. He fought at Bellator 6. Like, this guy's been around for years. Got in the UFC in, like, the early 2010s, flunked out within, like, a year or two. And then in, like, 2020, he got signed to the UFC. And, you know, he knocked out Herbert Burns, but that wasn't a huge win. He got knocked out by Cub. He had an eye poke against Andre Feely. And then, um... Oh yeah, just, just a guy. T- he faced Tucker Lutz here, and he goes out and submits him. And thirty, it just it's so cool to see a guy thirty-seven years old, probably winding down his career, and to get like the second chance at redemption in the UFC. That's fucking sick, dude. You don't see that often. You know what I mean? I'm totally with you. I agree. I mean, stories are everything, man. I've always said the stories are everything in sports. 
at least for me, I, I, I'm always going to be a fan, especially, like, the deep cut shit, dude. Like, remember if we don't got to get crazy into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that should be an episode that maybe we should do at some point. Like, storylines that we liked in sports or going into a fight or just story stories around a mm-hmm. fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. But it's about time to move on. As far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, what are some of the other fights you want to talk about from this uh, UT San Antonio card? Oh man, what what do we what do we highlight, Josh? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, the start of the fight was banger. I mean, Vilsar Altamirano, Trevin Giles, C.J. Vergara. Those three guys really started off to show hot. After that, it really slowed down. C.J. Vergara getting, I think, knocked down in the first round early, having to uh, stay in it, stay alive, and go into the second and get the finish. I mean, that was kind of, I think, that was the fight of the night, right, or performance of the night. I don't know, but that was that was definitely up there. Yeah, that was fight of the night, 50k bonus. I just looked at it right here. So if you guys definitely want to go back and rewatch a fight on this card, and you can't decide which one, definitely check out CJ Vergara getting a win mm-hmm. over uh, Daniel da Silva. Yeah, that was a fucking banger, dude. Absolute banger. Um, and then opening up the card was also a pretty wild fight. Victor Oloretino picking up the win over Vanica Salador. That was a fun one. He tried, uh, what's his name? Uh, Salador tried the old, um, what is it? The Anderson Silva against the fence, right? <laughs> really? Yeah, you didn't see it? Uh, no, I saw someone do, someone tried to capsulize her, I know that, I forgot who it was. Oh. That was my highlight of the night. And the buggy choke, which fucking Bisping didn't know what it was. <laughs> oh, well, it happens. Uh, Mike's not perfect, but, yeah, man, any closing thoughts on this UC San Antonio card? It was, it was a fun one, not great, but it was pretty fun. I think it was it was all right. You know, it was okay. You know, if we had if I had to give it a rating out of five, I'd probably say like two and a half, mm-hmm. three. You know, on a good day. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. And uh, yeah, so that's all we got for UC this week, man. Um. But we do have a couple of other cards, and honestly, like a lot of news to go over. And I'm not sure if you looked at the rundown, but I've been adding stuff. I've been talking. So there's just been more news that I've been I've been seeing pop up. Uh, well, this one will be a this will be a quick preview, because uh, Angel, how do you feel about Belter two ninety three with Marcelo Ogom and Daniel James? Josh, you must actually hate me. Um, <laughs> you don't I'm, look. I, I I have depression and I'm not medicated, and you're really putting negative thoughts into my mind right now. No, I'm <laughs> Sorry to anybody that might have triggered. <laughs> you just hate Daniel James main events that much. <laughs> no, man, it's just like. This card is just really weak, you know, I'm going to be honest. But look, to kind of lighten it up, there is some very good Bellator young talent that I hope would do time, does get its shine and respect, and uh, they get their chances in Bellator, and they can make stars out of them just like they have with like guys like Asian McKee and Nemkov and all those guys they brought up through Bellator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, James Gallery, guys like that, who were kind of like essentially homebred in Bellator, so... We can kind of get into it right here and get into some highlights. I should let you take over first. Yeah, you're letting me take over because you don't give a fuck about this car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is why? that true? Is that true? No, I mean, there's people I care about on all this right. car. There's people who I like. Okay, all right. I mean, I just, you know. Just thought it was a weird handing it off to me first, but okay. Yeah, Josh, um, I'm going to report you to social services for the sexual harassment. I yeah. was <laughs> not sexual at all. I mean, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I feel very attacked right now. We're not uh, just just so, by the way, just so you're clear, we're not giving out picks for this card because I 
No, no fucking way. We I don't. I, I don't. I don't even. It doesn't feel right. You know. <laughs> no, I, sh- I should pick. You know, just have a buffer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, man. Uh. Yeah. So here we go. We got in the main event: Daniel James, Marcelo Gome. Marcelo Gome coming off a win. Uh, a couple wins actually. He beat Davion Franklin, who I've always had said is like one of the best heavyweight prospects in MMA, and I still think that he's five and one. Still young for the division, 28 years old, very little experience, but he's he's only been fighting for a couple of years now. And uh, Marcelo picked up a win over him. I was very impressed with that one. But even then, you know, former UFC veteran, you guys know the story. Um, fought Sergey Pavlovich, funny enough, in Russia, got knocked he, out. He, so that was a rough one. He fought a lot of guys. He fought Arjun Bowler and our boy uh, Tim Johnson too. Yeah, I mean Marcelo Gomez is actually legit. Like he, he's a legit, pretty good heavyweight. Like he's solid. Um, Daniel James is the much more unknown guy coming in here. Uh, the American Predator, 14, 6, and 1, 41 years old. But this motherfucker is huge. 6, 6, 82 inch reach, fighting out of Chicago, Chi Town, Illinois. Shout uh, out. Mostly, shout out, shout out Chi Town, shout out my people out there in Chicago, baby. Let, I know nobody in Chicago, but. Shout out Kanye. No, we're not, we're not, we'll, we'll, wait a minute, actually, you're right, he's not a neo Nazi anymore, so. I guess you can say that. Um, <laughs> anyway, man, but yeah, a Daniel James guy, more known for his LFA, ACA days. You know, he's only fought in Bellator twice, but he did beat Tyrell Fortune, big upset win. Any thoughts on this fight, man? I mean, look, I mean, they're giving an opportunity to a older guy who came in on a shorter notice. Like, right, I don't remember, but it, it, no matter what, he, he was fighting a guy and, and who – they built up who's a talent who was trying to get back to the title and you get this 41 year old man who comes in and upsets him because he was the favorite i mean yeah it's a pretty cool story man regardless of what you want to say you know we're kind of joking about how he's an unknown it's still a pretty interesting story and if he comes in and beats marcelo home a guy who uh former guy former ufc vet took on some pretty decent guys has gone to win since his return in bellator he's putting himself in an interesting position in this Bellator division, Dad, especially at heavyweight, man, where if you get if you can rack up those wins, you could really do something. I mean, we're seeing it here with Linton Vincel, who's also in his forties, right? Going mm-hmm. going for the title. I mean, it's not it's nothing to be uh, you know uh, unaware about. You know, there should there should actually be some interest, and I think there is some interest going behind Dano James in the fact that he's an unknown. We didn't know anything about it. He's come out of nowhere. He can maybe do something here to put himself in the position to get a title mm-hmm. from nowhere at, at, a, at an older age. I mean, it's a pretty cool story. Will he'll do it? I don't know. We're not doing any official picks, but he has a tall task in front of him. But I think he has a good possibility of beating Marcelo home. Uh, I don't know who I would pick if we were doing official picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say either guy could win. But it's heavyweight, man. Anything can happen, and don't close your eyes. Yeah, I mean, it should be a fun fight. I'm glad they're giving him the opportunity. I just because, like, like I mentioned I, I, just a couple minutes ago, like, I love whenever older guys kind of, like, get opportunities that they probably weren't even expecting. Like, you know, Daniel James probably just fighting for the level of sport at this point, you know? He just yeah. does it because he likes to. And so for him to get a main event is pretty cool. Um, that, that is kind of nutty, though. Like, no matter what, like, the fact that he's getting it, especially in Bellator, who's, like, the one of the you know secondary third or fourth biggest promotion you know I mean I'm just throwing numbers out there I don't want to I don't want to label it as one or the other MMA promotions out there I mean that's that's a pretty big deal man the fact that he's getting this opportunity like it's nothing it's something that he should definitely be very proud of and uh, I don't know if they do posters like the UFC does but man I hope he hangs this one on his wall 
because he's never going to forget this moment. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, from looking at it from that avenue, uh, pretty fucking cool. Um, as, as far as the fight goes, I mean, I'll watch it, um, but this is to mid-tier belts or heavyweights going, going to head-to-head. I honestly think the main event should have been Cassidy. I mean, I mean Josh, you're telling me that Daniel James can't come into the UFC right now and be a top 10 heavyweight? That is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Probably not. Me, I mean, I don't know. You're telling me if Daniel James were to fight Brock right now in the UFC. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's coming back to the UFC to fight Daniel James. <laughs> My God. What kind of fucking... Wait, just... He just spawned a crazy meme right there. We dude. just we just did you know, that. You know what that happens? That's fucking you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Shout that's, out TikTok. That's some UFC four hit randomized fighters, and that's what you get. You know, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel James from Bellator. <laughs> main main event Daniel James. There we go. Let's correct that. But um, <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised that the. Main event of this card is that over Kat Zingano. I feel like this is such like a miscalculation from Bellator. Kat Zingano is one of the few people that I, they actually know. The people like a lot of people actually know, you know. Um, and all of that, you know, she's won. She's undefeated. She's coming to Bellator. She's won three fights in a row, taking on Leah McCourt. This fight, uh, Kat Zingano said originally it was going to be for the Bellator uh, featherweight title, but I guess not. I guess something changed with Chris Cyborg's free agency status. So. Anyways, both these two women, very good. We think about this one, I think this is, uh, should have been the main event. It's an interesting fight, and I'm still a big Kat Zingano fan. I think she's still got a lot left in the tank. I mean, yeah, she's shown that. I think uh, that's kind of been awesome to see her kind of uh, do some stuff in Bellator and really, you know, turn turn a few heads and be like, you know, something, Kat, Kat might actually do this. She could maybe capture a title. And if she did, that'd be fucking awesome, man. Uh, you always like to see people who leave the UFC or leave a promotion and go somewhere else find success and especially her who's a, a bit older been around the sport a veteran you know fought some pretty decently with some big names you know obviously because you've been fuck man but i mean it's her time to shine man make it 4-0 and, and to make yourself in this title position mm-hmm. yeah exactly and the winner that should be fighting for a title next i gotta be honest like i should probably should probably just have an interim title on the line or, or something anyway. I mean, you're, you're not even. There's a lot of Chris Cyborg fought in Bellator. It's been, a it been over a year. It has to be over a year. I mean, all, I mean, time's not really real anymore, so I don't know. But like, it was April. It's been almost a year. April twenty third, twenty twenty two. I mean, but it's gonna be more than a year by the time she does, though. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if this leads to Kat Zingano versus Chris Cyborg, that'd be pretty sick, though. So. I'm DTF, dude. I'm down to fight. That's one of the few fights I really want to see in Bellator, you know? But um, just can't get it done. Anyways, uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean, John Salter, Aaron Jeffrey is going to be a middleweight banger. Make sure to tune in for that one. Aaron Jeffrey uh, is a guy that I've had my eye on for a long time, and uh, he's finally making some big waves over Bellator. Um, and John Salter, obviously, a former title challenger. Sullivan Colley taking on Luke Trainer. I don't know if you guys know the name Sullivan Colley, but you should learn it because this is a bad motherfucker right here, man. 5-0, and fighting at light heavyweight. He beat our boy Big Ben Parrish, Big Tuna, not that long ago, if you remember. Um, yeah, Sully's a great dude. Very excited to see him on the main card. Rustam Kabilov, former, uh, I believe, UFC veteran. 
fighting on here. Any fights uh, you want to talk about, man? Any guys you want to make highlight? Because all this card at the top of it, lacking star power, there are some interesting prospects. I mean, there's there's one person on here, Josh, who's a very big prospect who's making a return after a long time. And I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but I'm talking about Joey Davis, Josh, former four-time NCAA 2 wrestling champ, making his return back to Bellator. Last time we saw him was in 2020. I think he was sidelined with energy injuries. I don't know. He had an undefeated record, 16-0 back in college and wrestling. And he's a guy who, making this transition to MMA, Josh, he's been able to kind of put it together. He's, he's gone to stand up to a pretty decent place. Obviously, the wrestling is no question. He's And he works with, the, I'm pretty sure he works with the, the team, Body Shop MMA team. So you already know who he's training with, AJ and Antonio McKee, the legend. Um, he's a guy who, I think when it comes to Bellator, he's one of the, I mean, he, he just has such a bright future, man. And I, I'm curious to see what he's able to do. He's 26 years old. He has all the time in the world. Uh, some other young guys on this card, Lucas Brenda, uh, obviously dad, I think also fought, mentioned him before on this show, jujitsu little, jujitsu ace, guy's super talented. I hope he continues to go his game. Sadly, he's been out of action a little bit because, I mean, his fights have just fallen out. I don't think any of them were to his causes. I think they were all his opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's just how it goes. And Lance Gibson Jr., I, I mention him every time, man. Uh, dad, former fighter as well. His coach, uh, who is now a PFL fighter, Julia Budd, his stepmom, and his head coach, Lance Gibson Sr. will be in his corner, so that'll definitely be fun to see. He's always a fun one. And Christian Edwards, we've also mentioned in the past. So definitely a stack night when it comes up to the young talent in Bellator. Exactly. And I'm glad you highlighted the best guy out of those bunch, in my opinion, Joey Davis. That motherfucker is a problem. That guy's a real deal, man. I I, I think he has a very high – I mean, we're talking like – obviously, he's in a way, they're kind of bow nickel. In a way. In a way. Yeah, no way. Anyway. Yeah. Not the not the not the same because you know, obviously Bo Dickel came from a NCA mm-hmm. one school, you know, obviously home you know, there's there's a lot of higher praise for their schools and obviously NCA two doesn't get much love a lot. But hey man, MMA has seen a lot of great NCA two wrestlers over the years who have become champs and stuff like that, so you gotta give them credit as well. You do. And um yeah, man. And also the thing about it's interesting about Joey Davis, you know, Multiple-time national champion out of Notre Dame. But the thing about him is not only is he a great wrestler, he's showing some excellent. Like, he is picking up striking fucking impressively. If you, like, He's got some crazy highlight reel knockouts. Um, and this is his first fight in three years. Do we know why he's been out for that long? I think I had to been injuries, man. I, I just I don't think I could point it to anything else. I don't know. I remember hearing about it a while back on a podcast. But I'm assuming, Josh, I mean, what, what could be the only other thing outside of injuries? Fair enough. I don't know. I just or or you never you never know life stuff. Who knows what's going on there? But you know, people are human. At the end of the day, all that matters is he's back now. He's fighting early on in the year. Let's get this man active. Let's get him going in this 170 division that has a lot of potential in Bellator. And uh, let's see him again because he's a problem. And I want to mm-hmm. see him continue to grow. And of course, you see how he does after a long layoff. I hope he's able to come back and kind of be where he left off because, uh, I mean, shit. AJ's done amazing things, and I'm sure he's going to do amazing things because, uh, from what I know, I think they're pretty close. They're pretty close buds, but, I mean, they're teammates, so in a way they have to be, you know? Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, 
Anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, this is a very solid card. Very, I mean, in terms of, like, MMA, it, like, no UFC. It's going down on a Friday. Might as well tune in, man. I mean, there's some good names on here, so I hope people tune in. Um, especially those prelims, because Bellator's prelims are on YouTube, and that's where most of these guys are. Like, a lot of the prospects that we highlighted, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure almost the, the majority of them are on the prelims. So. I mean, there are, there are a lot. Of, even guys like Adam Piccolotti, who's kind of a little name there, too. He's on the prelims. Exactly. Um, so, there you go, man. There you go. Um, very fun card. Uh, at least, at least the end of card anyway. But, yeah, anyways, we do have more MMA this weekend. Um, we do have PFL1, which we're not gonna have preview the entire thing, but we'll give a go ahead and give it some thoughts on it, talk about it a little bit. Uh, going down from the theater at the Virgin Hotels, which is where the UFC was, uh, just a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, main event, Brandon Lufnane taking on Marlon Marais. That's a fucking brutal fight, and as if that was not brutal enough, the, the light, the, you know, one down is gonna be brutal, but just because of pure violence. Um, <laughs> Rob Wilkinson, Tiago Santos, man, yeah, that's a banger as well. So what are some of the fights you're most looking forward to, uh, from this first PFL card of the year? I mean, to open up the year, man, Chris Way, Bubba Jenkins, off the bat. I mean, that is a main slash co-main fight right there to make that. We're getting on the main card, opening it up. I mean, that is fucking insane. Um, Move like Kovalov, 19-0, man, undefeated, back in action. Uh, I forgot what happened last time. I think he got sidelined by injuries. I could be wrong. Uh, but he's back in action. He, I think he's one of the, comes out of that, uh, the Habib crew, right? I think he's a Dagestani as well. I could be wrong, but either you, yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, I have it here. So, I mean, that's all you gotta know. Uh, Roji Kudo, who he's fighting, kind of a fun guy too. Christoph Jocko, we forgot him. He's also on Bellator now. So there's a few names on here. Impa too. It's kind of nice to see that Impa. He kind of had a. He kind of did the right things when it came to exiting the UFC. Right. He fought mm-hmm. in. Uh, he fought on other promotions. He fought in Eagle FC. He fought in XMMA, and then he got the opportunity in PFL Challengers. And now he's here. So I was kind of see that he was able to find opportunities uh, mm-hmm. somewhere else, man. And he's a guy that, sorry to interrupt you, but he's a guy that I don't think should have gotten cut. I mean, if you look at it, if you look at his record, I mean, came into the UFC, won two fights on the contender series to get in, you know, went two and two. I don't know. I, I thought cutting him was a bit over the top. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. I mean, I'd say so as well. Fair enough, but. Yeah, I mean, I think you went in. I'm glad you highlighted him. I, I'm happy to see him here, and I agree, dude. I think he did everything the correct way, going for the PFL Challenger Series as well, uh, which is, like, low-key really entertaining. Like, I know that – I don't know how well their numbers do, but I try to catch them whenever I can, and they're pretty fun, man. So. There, there's there's some names there, too, that people have known. If, if, if you watch the sport somewhat regularly on a week-to-week basis and don't just watch the main card, mm-hmm. there's there's people on there who've come through who, who try to get a contract in – even some people from Bellator as well. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, man, definitely a uh, – it's a pretty fun show, and there are some good names on there. As far as the PFL 1 card, I think you went and highlighted those names pretty well. I mean, obviously, the top two fights are the big draw, but you got a couple of names. Like, you know, Christoph Jocko in there, Chris Wade, Bubba Jenkins should be a lot of fun, you know. Um, overall, it's a pretty fun card. I mean, PFL, they're it, – they're going to do that thing throughout the year where they're going to have fights on Thursday for some fucking reason. Um, but this one's on a Saturday. If you've got nothing else to do, you should probably tune in. I mean, they're doing a good day to do it on a Saturday, though, because obviously no UFC. So they're doing the right intelligent thing here and taking advantage of that. But I feel like they should really move to Fridays and compete with Bellator. 
And even then, Bellator doesn't throw a card every every week, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like they they could be a little bit more competitive with their play, something like that. But it's just a thought, man. And hopefully, uh, obviously, no Kayla this year in the tournament, and we're gonna see how that is, Josh. That's gonna be weird, and wondered how that's gonna affect the ratings or if it affects it even at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, man, it's about time to get some news because you've got a whole lot of it. Goddamn. Um, Game Bread Boxing is happening this Saturday. Um, obviously, Jorge Masvidal, man, you got to give the guy credit for kind of his quiet business moves. You know, I know that he had that. What is that? I don't even remember what drink it was that he got sponsored with a while ago. Um, it was like a beer or something. But you know, he had that. He had his own bare knuckle boxing promotion. He has his own MMA one, and now he has his own boxing one. And they're kicking it off with. Some big-ass names, man. I mean, in the main event, Roy Jones Jr., Anthony Pettis happening at, I believe, 200 pounds. You know, it's going to be a professional fight. Roy Jones probably going to, I mean, it's going to be a tough one for old Anthony Pettis, man. But uh, there's other fights on the card as well. I mean, you got Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens coming back. They've got a couple of other, I mean, Jacare. Uh, taking on, I believe, Vitor Belfort. There's a couple of big names on here, man. So what do you think about this card? I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, kind of the response to this because this is not a this is not a a boxing versus MMA card like we normally see. It's almost entirely MMA fighters. I mean, it's fun. It's letting these guys kind of do something they've wanted to do for a long time, but against each other. So they kind of are, to an extent, on the same playing field, I <laughs> guess. For those who are prepared, obviously, Jocker and Vittoria is kind of a little head-scratcher for me, but that's just my personal opinion. But, hey, man, if that's what they want to do, then fuck it, right? They're they're their own men. Who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting card. I'm, I'm curious who's backing this whole thing financially because, I mean – does he have the money to pay? Like, I mean, I guess like a lot of the MMA fighters. Probably, he's probably only paying Roy Jones' bag, if I had to guess. Um, I mean, sponsors, and then the fighters get their own sponsorships as well. So yeah. There's a lot of that. And I mean, in terms of, you know, the fight, though, like... And outside I mean, investments, think? too. I mean, yeah. it's cool. I mean, I, to me, it's going to be... I mean, it's essentially a fucking exhibition. Yeah, but it is a pro, it is a pro fight, though. It's a pro fight, but let's be honest, it's a glorified exhibition. Fair enough. Pretty I mean, pretty much. Pretty much, but... I mean, I would hope so. I mean, shit, I mean, if... I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if Anthony Pettis goes out there to try to kill our boy, uh, Razor Jr. He might get a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I think, I think Roy Jones is going to, he's got, I think he's going to fuck up Anthony Pettis. I feel like, you know, Roy's old, man. Like, how old, how old is Roy Jones? Roy Dude, Jones is, Roy is like six years away from 60, bro. Like, he's, he's, he's 54. Up. He just turned 54. So. Yeah, he's old, but I, I still think he's going to fuck up Anthony Pettis. I mean, I mean Anthony I'm, Pettis has never boxed before, dude. Like, I know, but that's pretty that's pretty up there, though, Josh. Though. Yeah, know? but he's, he's, a, he's a lightweight, though. I mean... I know, but still, though. I, I don't I know. Mean, we'll, it, 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 fuck, dude, it is kind of crazy, though, because it is eight rounds. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the reason why I think it's partially going to be so easy for Roy, you know? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, Roy's older, man. I mean, age is a factor. It's gonna catch. It catches up to everybody. That's true. We'll see, though. We'll see. If, if hey, if, if he goes out there and gets a big fucking win over Roy Jones, who knows what Anthony Pettis? You know, that that opens up a lot of doors for him. No, you're not wrong. I mean, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I feel like in some ways it's a little for an exhibition, but I don't know. We'll see on the night of, though. 
what what they actually do because that's good. That's going to be really what matters there. I agree. I agree. Um, anyways, man, next up on the agenda, Rafael Dos Anjos, former champion. Um, one of the greatest lightweight, lightweights of all time, man. And, uh, apparently he's, he's winding it down. He, he's come out and said, you know, I got seven fights left on my UFC deal, which is a lot. So yeah. it's not like he's going away within the next year or anything. Uh, but we do now have like a timer, so to speak, uh, seven fights at 170, and then he's going to retire and open up a gym. What do you think about Rafael Dos Anjos, um, ultimately announcing? Cause it's kind of rare that you see a fighter actually do this where they come out far beyond when, you know, they're actually going to retire. Cause Ford said, Glover said he was going to retire, but he had like two fights, you know, like there are certain times where guys will come out and announce it, but they don't do it with seven fights left. So what do you think about this? Man, I don't know if he's going to finish those seven fights, Josh. <laughs> that's one of the first things. But, I mean, if he does, I mean, he's still got, that's quite a bit of time, man. That's at least, I'd say, four years mm-hmm. at minimum. And I mean, that's with the hope that he fight, he's fighting like two to two times a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And he is 38. That's That's the thing. So, I mean, he'd be in his early 40s by the time he'd be done, in theory. Exactly. Um, Unless he has a fucking crazy year where he fights three times. Maybe. Maybe. I mean... Short of his fight? Doubtful? Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't expect... I don't expect to finish out this deal either. But I know that Hoffa... If there's a guy that's going to do it, it'd probably be Hoffa Elbasanos. I mean, this guy has been fucking... I mean, he's still out here doing this. He's still like a top ten guy in his late thirties. I mean, his longevity is not discussed enough. I mean, it's not just that he's still fighting and that he's thirty eight, but he's been fighting and he's thirty eight and he's been fighting since he's been like twenty. So, I mean, he's had a lifetime of this shit. So, I it I don't think he'll make it, but if there's gonna be a guy that's gonna make it, it's gonna be him. You know what I mean? What what an absolute stud, dude. Yeah, one hundred percent. But stud muffin. <laughs> Anyways, man. Uh, next up on the agenda, uh, potential rematch in the works. Cody Garbrandt coming off that big win over Trevin Jones. Apparently, he was offered a rematch with Dominic Cruz, UFC 290. Uh, that would be the card that Jones Stepe falls on. Potentially, Us- uh, not Usman, uh, Edwards versus Colby, and a couple of other fights too. So, what do you think about that Dang. one, man? Obviously, they they fought back UFC 270. 207 December 2016. Cody, Cody Garbrandt looked like, I mean, a man possessed that night. He was not going to lose. Um, so what do you think, man? What do you, what do you think about this potential rematch in the works? I mean, fuck. I, don't, I mean, I guess I'm down. I mean, it sounds fun. I, I don't know if it's the right fight, but I, I like it. I'm DTF, dude. I, I'm down to fight. Mm-hmm. You're down to fight. You're DTF. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, man, I mean, I think this is, a, this is an interesting in booking purely because I'm surprised that they're, you know, um, throwing Cody Garbrandt a ranked guy already. I kind of expected him because he called out Ronnie Yaya after beating Trevor Jones. He said he wants to have that one rebooked. Oh, he actually called him out? He did. Interesting. I mean, Ronnie Yaya is about to fight here in a few weeks, I think, or a, few, or a month or two. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen there with that. I mean, I guess it could schedule it, but 
You're not wrong. I mean, the Cody Garbrandt name still carries some something to it, though, Josh. So I think that's the other thing the UFC is trying to capitalize on too, especially that I think I think they realize Dom Cruz doesn't. His days are probably limited as well. Mm-hmm. So they want to take advantage of that and see if they can pump uh, Cody before uh, Dom heads out. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just my theory, but, you know, I could be wrong. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, I think this is an interesting booking. Uh, obviously, we don't know if it's going to happen yet because, you know. It might we'll not see, even happen. Yeah, Anyways, man. Um, next up. Sean Strickland, potentially 205 pounds. Andrew, I want to get your thoughts. He said that there's nobody at 185 for him to fight right now. That's what the UFC told him. So he called out Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes, who's been this poor fucking guy, man. I mean, <laughs> Dom Reyes is one of the few fighters uh, I, I legitimately just feel really bad for. Uh, so what do you think, man, about this um, potential fight? Obviously, there's there's nothing about it being officially in the works, but... You know, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I guess. I mean, if, if we, we were kind of looking at the rankings earlier, and Sean really doesn't have a lot of options unless he fights down, which I guess it was something I didn't really think about. But I mean, I, I, even then, I don't even know if he would want to do that. So if he, I guess if he takes a fight at 205, it really won't affect his 185 ranking, which would be a good thing for him. But same time, you don't want to take a loss, but you could kind of experiment with another weight class for fun and still stay active and take someone on who has a little, you know, has a name to him, who he's kind of had his own struggles as well. And for Dom, he kind of gets to bounce back and take on a guy who is not a 205er uh, at all, but is willing to fight you at this time. So maybe restore some confidence and kind of get him back rolling where he was at one point. So, I mean, there, there there's some upside to it, I'd say, for... For someone, I, I think it benefits Dom more a little bit than it does Sean. I mean, I, I really don't think there's much of a loss for either guy, and I don't think there's a much of a win for either guy either. So, I guess if they want to do it, they can. But there's not a lot to gain from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I don't think Dom Ray should take this fight. I mean, I understand kind of the perspective. I mean, he's fighting a guy that's a 185 or he used to be a 170 or doesn't have big punching power. It also doesn't help him anyway either. And it also looks really bad if he loses. So, um, and given the fact that, I mean, this guy has been knocked out three times in a row, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really like that booking for Dom Reyes, but we'll see, man. I mean, Sean Strickland, he's being active, man. I mean, he fought in December, fought in January, trying to get back in there already. It's only March. So he's doing the, he's doing it the right way. I'll give him credit. Um, something we forgot to, not forgot, but neglected to go over when we talked about UC San Antonio. Cowboy Cerrone, man, I want to get your thoughts. I saw some people saying Cowboy Cerrone doesn't deserve this, but they announced on Saturday he will be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Man, um, what do you think, man? What do do you think about Cerrone getting the nod? This is a stacked Hall of Fame class, man. Anderson Silva's already been announced. Jesus Christ. What, what do you think about Cerrone? Jose Aldo as well? Jose Aldo, excuse me. There you go. So it's another yeah. one. But what do you I think, mean, man? I mean, it's, it's a cock-throbbing class, man. I mean, Jesus just, Christ. Can you stop talking about dicks? You just, <laughs> I mean, it's just stacked, dude. It really, <laughs> it's always skits and bits, man. It's always skits and bits. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've said anything like that during this whole podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But anyways. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta give me one, man. You gotta give me one. But regardless... um. 
I mean, yeah, it's stacked. And, and even then, I mean, and this is something we've talked about. We we mentioned a lot of times with a lot of fighters, Josh. We say that uh, they have a stacked resume or they, they fought everybody. The thing is, though, for Cowboy Cerrone, that couldn't be any more true. He's literally fought everybody. Like, you look at his – you look at who he's fought. He, he fought everyone, everyone across two different weight classes, every single one. There is – I don't think there's any other fighter – who has a record similar to his where there's that many names. I really don't. I mean, there might be someone who comes somewhat close, maybe within a certain range, but there's no one like Cowboy. There will never be anybody like Cowboy who fought that much against that many guys of that of that level and that caliber. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about Cowboy Cerrone. I understand that some people, because there's been some stuff that's come out about Cowboy over the years, like, you know, he's... Maybe he's a bit of a racist, and maybe he's done some shitty things, which I don't. I don't expect, you know. I just this may this may come off a bit of a hot take. I don't expect a guy named Cowboy to be <laughs> the most like socially progressive guy. And to those people, I say just separate the man from the fighter, because the fighter in his prime, Cowboy Cerrone, was a bad motherfucker, and you couldn't take that away from him, dude. I mean, yeah, did he lose a lot of fights at the end? Yeah, he lost a lot of fights in the end, man. And that sucks. But Cowboy Cerrone was the guy. Like he he didn't he didn't give a fuck. Like I'll tell you one of my favorite like you know, since you I don't I don't know if we talked about this when he retired, but like my favorite Cowboy Cerrone memories, man. Like him whenever I can't I can't emphasize to people how highly Cowboys viewed in that twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen stretch, which is finally enough right around the time I was getting into MMA. Like Dude, he was, I don't want to say unstoppable because he lost the RDA in that stretch, but, like, dude, look up from 2013 to, like, 20, 2017, okay? Evan Dunham, submission. Adrino Martins, knockout, head kick. Submits Bar- Barzo. Uh, oh, my God. It's in Barzola. I'm about to say Barzola. I'm thinking about fucking Enrico Barzola. Jesus Christ. He submitted uh, Edson. He knocked out Jim Miller. He beat Eddie Alvarez and Angel. Do you know when Eddie Alvarez with that with that fight, like right around the time that fight took place? Was it just was there was it around the corner fight? It was the first time Eddie fought in the UFC. He was coming over with all this hype from Bellator, and Cowboy Cerrone, Cerrone shut him the fuck down. That's how good Cowboy was in his prime. He beat Miles Jury. He beat Benson Henderson. Terrible decision, but you know we don't into what it is. Knocked out John McDessie. Beat Alex Oliveira. Beat Patrick Cote. Beat Rick Story. Knocked out Matt Brown. All that Ruined happened Miles Jury's fucking career, dude. Because after that, Miles Jury lost like six fights in a row. Yeah, I mean, dude, like think about all that. Think about all those names I just listed. That happened in the span of three years. That is insane. Like Donald Cerrone was a bad motherfucker, man, and um, he was beating everybody. And it was even if he didn't beat everybody, he would fight everybody. You know, and, and that deserves some fucking praise, man. And in my opinion, the all-time best fighter to never win a title in any organization. Because there are guys like Uriah Faber that won, like, they never won a UC title, but he won, like, the WC title, you know? Like, there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, I think Cowboy Cerrone is probably the best to never win anything. He didn't win He didn't win one in WC. He didn't win one in UC. He fought for the belt multiple times, though, and he's, uh, he's an all-time great. So if you don't think he uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, you're... You're, you're probably wrong. fucking. You're probably fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, I, some people are like, bro, he's a journey. Like even people like are, that are like respectable. It's like, oh, you know, he's a fucking, you know, he's a journeyman. He's yada yada yada. It's just the thing is, how is Cowboy? I don't think Cowboy's a journeyman though. He's, he, you know, who he's similar to, but not. He's like a Gabriel Rosado. 
in boxing, I'd say, in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Except he's not necessarily welcoming young talent, but he'll fucking fight anybody. Oh, man, I love mixing Gabriel's auto, too. That's actually a really great comparison. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's... he's yeah, you're, you're fucking yeah, welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, yeah, thank rec- you. I mean, shit, the records are kind of similar, too, man. I ain't finna lie. They are. And they're both guys that'll fight at any weight class, either. They just don't give a fuck. You know? That's the type of stuff I love. And I understand that, like, some Those people- guys are the definition, Josh, of DTF. Down to fight. Yeah. But, dude, by, by the way, if we had a way yeah. bigger budget, Josh, I'd definitely be down to make some DTF merch. <laughs> I think I think we should uh, we should work on that. That that'd be a hilarious uh, merch drop. DTF down to fight. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, the one last thing I want to wrap up on this Cowboy Cerrone su- uh, subject is just because I feel like a lot of people feel like, and I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like people just have different things they think of for the USC Hall of Fame. I think that's what it comes down to. Like I think a lot of people because every Hall of Fame is different. Like the Baseball Hall of Fame is notoriously hard to get in. None of them are easy, but there are ones that are harder than others. And the UFC is really easy to get into the Hall of Fame. So I get some people are like, oh, you know, he shouldn't be in there. But, like, the UFC's already established the precedent. I mean, they, they've already inducted, you know. I mean, he has, re- era, I mean, he, he has records, too. you got to think about it as well. Yeah, and they, like I said, they, just, and they inducted Matt Serra. Once you inducted Matt Serra, it kind of opened up the floodgates. Because I love Matt Serra. And he's actually, like, a lot of people think he was just this guy who was just terrible and his only good win was GSP. He had some other good wins in his career, and his record looks bad just because that's how a lot of those guys from that era, that's how their records looked. They but they were just, fucking you know. fighting everybody, though. Didn't yeah, they? but that being said, Matt Serra is probably the worst guy to be in the UCL Hall of Fame. So, I mean... Hey, man, no matter... Hey, man, man, at the end of the day, Matt Serra was UFC champ at one point. <laughs> and, and you know what? Matt Serra's in the UFC Hall of Fame. <laughs> hey, man, he beat, he beat, he beat Eve's Edward. He had some names, you know? He, exactly. So like he, he, did, he did his thing. He beat Frank Trigg. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean he he's he's legit, but I will say that like once he uh once he inducted him and he kind of like I don't say defeated the purpose, but it kind of feel like it watered down the Hall of Fame to where it is kinda of is now. So I feel like if you're yelling about Donald Dean in there, there's some other guys to look at, you know what I mean? But uh And either anyway. way, if he wasn't gonna make it through there, he was gonna make it through a fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, he has bangers after banger after banger. I mean, it's just like, he was yeah. going to make it in there one way or another. Yeah, no matter what you guys were going to do, he wasn't going to be denied being in there. Exactly. So, anyways, man. Um, last couple of things of news. Bellator 297 just got announced. And I don't know if you saw this one, man. It is a stacked card. I mean, goddamn, Bellator, they just decided to drop this one on like a random Monday. Uh, it's going to be happening, I believe. Let me actually just pull up the dates. June 16th, the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Shout out Chicago! Shout out my people! You know? Uh, no, nobody, again, in Chicago, still. Uh, but Bellator 297. Vadim Nemkov taking on Yoel Romero in the main event and do the co-main event. Sergio Pettis, Patricio Pitbull. Patricio Pitbull is going for the third title. Oh my god, what do you think, dude? Never done in a major promotion, man. Done in smaller promotions, but never in a major promotion. I mean, he's making history. He's putting himself in a in a goaded conversation if he does this. Whether or not you like it or not, Patricia Pitbull will put himself in the history books if he wins this fight. And, what, and even if he does it, he'll still be there for trying to attempt it. Uh, 
Yeah, I and they gave him the chance, right? Because they didn't have to do that for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they did it. And that was that was that was even the whole topic of conversation. We didn't know if it was actually gonna happen or not. He's gonna have to cut that weight. We're gonna wonder how he's gonna look at at one thirty. Was it one thirty five? Right? Yeah. To be a whole new look. I'm, I'm sure he'll be. I, I imagine he'll be fine. But you never know, man. Uh, fuck that. That's some exciting shit. There. It's, it, it feels really weird because it feels like he should be the main event because of that. But you know how it always is. He goes by weight class, but. Hey, man. I mean, it, it, not to say the fucking Nevicob Romero doesn't deserve the main event spot, man, because, I mean, that's a fucking... Yeah, I mean, that's a banger. I mean, that's a banger of a fight, man. Dude, I, fuck, I mean, dude. I, do I got time to fly out there, man? Like, <laughs> I, might, I might have to go. I mean, I got family in Illinois. Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe, man, maybe. I don't know. I might have to plan a trip, man. I got, I got like, I got two weeks of PTO. You know, I can take a week off. Right? Um... <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, it is a stacked card, and I think that uh, Sergio, you know, I, this does kind of fucked up. Uh, this does kind of fuck up the um, Bantamweight Grand Prix, kind of. But, but I, those, I'm kind of they, cool with it too, though. I mean, they, you know? those guys still need to fight, and there's still going to be some time in between that. So yeah. it doesn't matter because, anyways, that guy was going to have to fight Pettis or the winner of this fight now. So it, it really doesn't affect too much, Josh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, no, I agree. I agree. It is a bit, um, I don't know, man. Because Stott's mix is going down. Uh, it, no, it just, it just kind of feels, no, no, no. Well, not, don't, get, don't get me wrong. The time, the time-wise makes sense. I'm just more saying it kind of devalues the whole thing. Although yeah. it kind of was devalued the second Sergio left it, so. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, this, no matter what, this person went all the way through the tournament and is going to still get their shot at the, the actual title because they have the interim title right now, Rafael does, and they get to fight for the actual title. So I mean, it, I, I don't think it really defeats the purpose because they still get to fight for the title. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it feels weird because the title will be fought for in such short time as well. You know, I yeah. get where you're coming from. Yeah, fair enough. Um, overall, though, banger of a card. Very excited for this one. And uh, last bit of news, man. We got to go ahead and talk with Sponge because he got made uh, official. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, KSI, who has been out of action since January, knocked out Phase Temper. And uh, he will now be having the biggest boxing match of his career. He's be taking on the undefeated 9-0 Joe Fournier. Former, he was some WBA regional champion. I don't even, I don't care enough for the title. I think boxing belts are bullshit. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, he's undefeated. He he does have a good record. He has been boxing for a long time. This is the first time. Will will the YouTuber be able to beat the professional boxer? We already I mean, saw Jake I mean, Paul attempt it. I mean, I mean, JJ already did it, man. He beat our boy. Oh, Lee don't Josh do that. For, you know. <laughs> come on, Josh. You beat Lee Spinetta, man. That's a pro boxer. Yeah, I mean, he, I, you're right, you know. He did, man, he did. Two fights in one night, man. Could have been three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think, uh, but as far as the Joe Fournier fight it goes itself, like, what do you think about the actual booking itself? Do you think this is the right fight? I know they're talking about Woodley and they're talking about this guy and that guy. Is Is this the right one? I mean, I like it, man. I think this is this could be his equivalent of a Woodley, an older guy, but this guy has boxed, has some experience. You know, he he's been under some level of pressure before. 
You know, he has a little bit of uh, value to him, I'd say. I mean, I'm down. It, it should be a hard fight for JJ, but, you know, let, let's see if he can get it done, man. I mean, uh, there's no playing around, and, I mean, at the end of the day, Jake's Jake's uh, record's already been tainted, so it's not going to matter anyways if they go in with undefeated records or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it's probably the right booking. I mean, I, I think it could be fun. I think Joe Fuente has been a guy that's kind of – He's kind of, I don't want to say weaseled his way into this YouTube boxing thing because he's not like an established, but not a, uh, an established boxer to begin with, you know? Um, he was a businessman, if I remember correctly, and he sold like a business and eventually got into boxing, like his mid thirties, but he is not, you know, um, you know, I think it'll be fun. I think it's going down May 13th, Wembley Arena. Hey, we should get together for that one. That could be fun. That'll be like an afternoon card. Oh, wait, on God? Um, yeah, why not? It'll be like 10 bucks, too. There, that's the reason why. Uh, but <laughs> Wait, yeah, actually? that should be a. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it after. Is it is yeah, it on a Saturday? Yeah. We gotta figure that out. Yeah, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday card. But yeah. Anyways, I am. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of this fight, yeah. No, sorry, I saw something on on Twitter. It wasn't anything important, but I just got confused by it. But anyways, yeah, this this, oh, this fight between KSI and Fournier. I, I mean, I'm reasonably excited for it. I think. This is a logical step for, for JJ. I think Jake Paul seems, Jake, there's something in the worst of Jake Paul. I feel like something weird, you know? I don't know if it's Floyd, but it's not Tommy. And we know it's not JJ either. Because Tommy, uh, we did an interview recently where we talked about his next fight and he said, whatever my next fight, my next fight is going to be much bigger than Jake Paul. So there's something in the worst there. And JJ obviously is going to be fighting Joe Fournier. So Jake Paul, Floyd Mayweather, maybe? I don't know. Question mark? Question mark? I don't know. I mean, I don't know who else he can conceivably fight. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's next. I think we're just going to be sitting here like sitting ducks and waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. But anyways, man, any closing thoughts on uh, that fight or any other news before we go ahead and uh, bounce out of here, man? No, man. I mean, I'm just really excited to, to have uh, MMA back next week. Obviously, fucking big card pay-per-view. Israel is trying to back against Alex Bahia. Title on the line. Co-main event, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. Potential title implications on that to an extent. We don't know yet. But, fuck, man. I just wanted to be next week already. God damn it. Let's go. Yeah, man. Um, well, you said there's a big card, but, I mean, we have Bellator 293 going down. I, mean, uh, I don't know why just like Josh, I'm gonna throw gonna... five hundred dollars on Daniel James, and he fucking five hundred on Daniel James. I'm blaming you, Josh. I'm blaming you. All right, well, you can do that. And next week, you guys will be sure to tune in to see if Dan- if Daniel James took home the win. <laughs> next time on Dragon Ball Z Kai. No, but yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, man. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter at Angel Take underscore O one at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show on Twitter. Big thank you, big shout out to everybody who has uh, subscribed, everybody who's been watching our content. We've had such a, I don't want to get like, because we're, we're obviously like counting our chickens before we hatch here, like we can just stop growing like tomorrow, but like, I mean, we've had a lot of growth recently and we, I can tell like Angel and I really do appreciate that shit. Like we've been grinding out here for years, man. So to finally have, you know, a lot of people come through and say, you know, and subscribe and and kind of taking our content that we appreciate that shit a lot and uh, i'm sure i know angel does as well i mean um yeah man but as far as the show itself hope you guys enjoyed and we'll be back next week peace and butt grease mouth click